Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast, hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Damon is a licensed U.S. Customs Broker and Certified Customs Specialist with more than 18 years' experience in the import-export customs, transportation, and logistics sectors. Each month, Trade Secrets will bring you guests in the industry to provide their insights on timely trade issues to give you an advantage in international trade. So now, let's talk trade. Welcome to the podcast. Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Custom Brokers. Uh, Today, we start our segment number two, tariff classification of our 10-part series. Last time, we went over the uh, CBP enforcement strategy. The biggest takeaway there was that in 2015, uh, U.S. Customs uh, collected $59.3 million in penalties, and uh, in 2016, $100 million. So that's a 68% increase over one year. So you can see that they're really kind of focusing on compliance, compliance, compliance. Uh, if you want more information on that, go back and listen to that podcast. Today, again, we're talking about tariff classification, which is really at the heart of a compliance program. So we're really kind of this 10-part series, again, is going over what it means to be an importer in the United States and what you're responsible for. So tariff classification, a lot of online tools. So let me start off by saying just throw away the computer. Do not use online tariff classification tools because none of them work. Now, the cautionary tale is we're out there. I don't have any hard numbers on this, but what we see in the industry is roughly about 60% of tariff classifications are incorrect. So when we go in and do a project for a company, a tariff classification project, we come out and about 60% of those tariff classification numbers are wrong. It's an art and it's a science, this tariff classification. So last time I talked about those leather gloves, you really got to know what you're talking about. So what tools do you need? So let's start to, you know, we'll, we'll start off by telling you the tools you need. Number one, you need to understand the general rules of interpretation. If you haven't read them, you got to have a really good command of them and understand what they are and how to apply them. Now, We're not going to go into the general rules of interpretation here because I could spend probably about three hours plus going through each one of those and describing how they work and what they, you know, how to apply them and the hierarchy of how they work. But we're not going to do that here. This is this is kind of a a bigger picture of tariff classification. So number one, you need the general rules of interpretation, which you can find at the beginning of the tariff guide, which is number two of what you need. So number two, you need the tariff schedule or the harmonized tariff schedule of the United States. Each country is going to have their own tariff schedule because the first six digits are internationally accepted. And I'm going to put a little caveat there. The first six digits are supposed to be internationally accepted. I've seen binding rulings in Canada and binding rulings in the United States for the same product with different tariff classifications. So the first six digits are supposed to be internationally accepted, but they're not necessarily the same. So if you have a binding ruling in one country, you really want to get a binding ruling in whatever other country you're using for that same product, just to be safe, just to be sure, because sometimes they are different. 
Uh, so number two, like I said, the tariff schedule, you're going to really need to understand that, how it works and how to use the index and the chapters and everything like that. But we're going to talk a little bit about that as we get deeper into this podcast. And number three, you're going to need the explanatory notes, which is the companion to the tariff schedule. So we're going to go a little bit more in depth about each one of these, and we're going to talk about some real-life situations uh, that I've encountered throughout my career to help you understand tariff classification. So number one, uh, general rules of interpretation. So that's really going to talk about how you think about the product and where to classify the product. Because we can get into some very complicated items and end use really comes into play when we're talking about tariff classification. The flight gloves that I talked about last time, the end use is very important. And, you know, when I was doing the tariff classification for that, I, I, we looked at it. And, and here's, here's a good example. So there was three possible tariff numbers for that product. One was gloves made out of man-made fiber. Two was gloves made out of leather. leather and three was sporting equipment. So you have three different tariff classifications for the same product. And when I did the research on that, I found a binding ruling for a product that was similar to the one that we were importing, that we were going to be importing for this client. And that product was used for race car drivers, IndyCar drivers specifically. And that was a binding ruling that was out there. However, our product was not used for race car drivers it was used for pilots in the military flying jets and it was a leather glove so now you have these two gloves that are almost identical and they have two different tariff classifications so you got to be very careful about using cross too so we talked a little bit about that so those online tools like i said throw away the computer and the the binding rulings you have to be very careful because therefore a specific product and a specific company which is used in a specific way. And I can't stress that enough. We're, we're looking at different products for different companies used in different ways all the time, and they're similar, but they're not exact. And that's what you have to be careful with. Remember, this is international trade law, and the devil is definitely in the details. There's little nuances that you have to understand, and you have to have the experience to do it. We have a whole team of experts here that do tariff classification for us. And we get into discussions about where these products should go. And when we hit those gray areas like these gloves, we always go for a binding ruling with U.S. Customs. This new centralized um, idea or philosophy of U.S. Customs really plays into getting a binding ruling because it's going to help you out in the end. Now, do you have to get a binding ruling for every product out there? No, definitely not. Look, there are products out there that are very easily classified that are specifically mentioned in the tariff guide that become very easy to classify. You don't need a binding ruling for those. So you got to understand when these gray areas come into play. Again, these computers, the Google and whatever tariff, whoever, whatever program out there that's online, just throw it away. Don't use it. Don't even bother. So general rules of interpretation are very important because when you get products that are multifunction, so a good example of a multifunction product is a, um, I like to go camping. So, you know, I have this little 
container that I put matches in that is a flashlight that also has a compass on it. So where do we classify that? And that's where the general rules of interpretation come in. Is it a compass? Is it a flashlight? Or is it a holder for matches? Because that's what do we use that product for. Uh, another example that I got out of a, a, a publication from Boss Gage Commerce, or formerly Boss Gage Commerce, now Thomas Reuters, is a toothbrush. So you look at a toothbrush and you think about that. Now picture this toothbrush in your mind. Everybody has a toothbrush. It's got bristles on it, a plastic handle, sometimes some grips on it for you. Um, but if you change the physical appearance of that toothbrush and instead of having bristles on it, you have a sponge on it, guess what? It's still a toothbrush. It's going to be classified in the same place. So that's why you really have to understand the general rules of interpretation. Now, the second item you need to do tariff classification is the harmonized tariff schedule itself. Now, we talked about the first six digits being internationally accepted with a little bit of a caveat there. Uh, make sure you understand that uh, one country may not view a product the same as, a, as, another, as another. Great example of that is stainless steel pipe for exhaust. We, we had a client that was importing these stainless steel pipes, and in Canada, they had it was classified as stainless steel pipes. In the United States, it went to that specific classification of an exhaust. So you really have, there's some nuances there that you have to understand that come from the explanatory notes or general rules of interpretation and when you get into it. So what you have to understand about the tariff guide is, first of all, at the beginning of it, you're going to have the explanatory notes. Then you're going to have all the trade agreements. So if you're using a trade agreement, you have to, you have to know how it's applied uh, for your product or you want to understand that. You definitely have to understand that. You're going to go to those uh, trade agreements that are at the beginning of the tariff guide. So if you're doing importation, if you're importing products into the United States, buy yourself a harmonized tariff schedule. It's you, it's imperative that you have one on hand if you're doing importation. It's imperative you know how to use it. So the way this, part, this, this, this publication is set up is it's got 99 chapters. 98 and 99 are specific to the country, and they're used for different reasons. So in the United States, 98 is used for U.S. goods returned and special classifications and tariff treatment of products. 99, again, is special tariff treatment. It could be a reduction or increase in tariff depending on the product, but it's going to be noted in the chapter. It's going to say, look at chapter 99. Um, so it'll be when you do the entry as a customs broker, we have to put two tariff numbers there. We have to put the, the regular 1 through 97 chapter, and then we put the 99 chapter. So how is this set up? So the tariff guide is set up from least manipulated to most manipulated. So things like dirt and earth and ores and, and, and precious metals in raw form are going to be at the beginning of the, the, the tariff guide. And those that are manipulated most, complex machinery, is going to be at the end of the tariff guide. So that will give you a brief understanding of how this is set up. Most Least manipulated to most manipulated. Now, in each chapter, there's going to be potentially chapter notes which show at the beginning of the chapter and end notes that are at the end of the chapter. Now, these notations are going to either include or exclude items from that chapter. So it's imperative you read the chapter notes before you classify the product there. 
because you may have a product that looks like it goes into that chapter, but it really doesn't. It's totally excluded because of one situation or another. And if you're not reading the chapter notes and end notes, you're going to completely miss that, and your tariff classification is going to be wrong. You can't apply a tariff agreement, or you you know you can't apply a trade agreement properly, or anti-dumping countervailing duties properly, and it just really kind of skews you from there. So it's important to understand that, and that's where most of these online tools go wrong is they don't include the chapter notes and the end notes in their classification programming. So I like I said, I have not seen one program yet doesn't look like any of these programs are ever going to work. Um, you have to have human interaction. You really need an expert on it. So another great story about using these, you know, using those those tools and making sure your tariff classification right is the explanatory notes. So the last piece of the puzzle, so we have the general rules of interpretation, the harmonized tariff code, and the explanatory notes. The explanatory notes define everything that's in the tariff guide. So if you come across a word or a product and how it's defined, if you don't read the explanatory notes and look at those specifically, you're not going to know where to classify it. So a great example of that is waterproof footwear. We had a really early on in my career, uh, there was a, a company that was importing these quote-unquote waterproof footwear to use at a um, at a tourist attraction where you kind of walk behind a waterfall and you get all wet and soaked and you don't want your shoes to get wet so you buy a pair of these sandals you walk behind the waterfall you buy a poncho and sandals and you get all wet and this guy was in there this company was importing this waterproof footwear it was a sandal. So uh, we talked to the guy, and I said, this, this doesn't, this, you know, this does not look right to me. I don't think it's right. Why do you think your product, these, this footwear, is classified as waterproof footwear? Uh, his response to us was, well, it's duty-free. That's one of the number one mistakes when you're doing tariff classification. Never look at the duty rate when you're doing the tariff classification. We look at the duty rate last. The, the duty rate is inconsequential to the tariff classification of the product. If you don't have the tariff right, you're not going to know the duty rate. And you can't manipulate the tariff classification based on the duty rate of the product. This is the number one thing that I see going wrong out there is, hey, we, we, we want duty-free. Uh, and if you re you're relying on your supplier to give you the tariff classification, I guarantee that that supplier is putting the wrong tariff number on there so it can show duty-free. And then you're responsible for that in the end. So make sure you do your tariff classification right. So in the end, what, what, what happened with this footwear? So it was kind of like a sandal-like footwear and um, classified as a sandal or a tore, uh, a specific language in the, in the, in the uh, tariff guide. It was not classified as waterproof footwear. So when I went to the explanatory notes and looked this up, really interesting here, 
waterproof footwear, and, and I asked the guy, well, well, what's your reasoning for, for classifying it as waterproof footwear? He says, well, you know, when you walk behind and it gets wet, you could stick your foot in the water. It's not going to deteriorate or ruin the footwear. It's not going to fall apart. It's going to stay intact, and it can, it can go in the water and come out, and nothing's going to happen to that footwear. Hence, it's waterproof. I said, okay. Customs definition by the explanatory notes of the waterproof footwear was that it's water, it's it's footwear that covers the foot above the ankle and the foot does not get wet. So the foot does not get wet from above the ankle to the toe. That's waterproof footwear. So we have to be careful when we do these tariff classifications because it's very important to make sure that we're putting down the right definition and we're understanding the definitions of these terms so it's very important those are the three product those are the three that you need you need the general rules of interpretation the harmonized tariff schedule of the united states and the explanatory notes so when we get into this it, it's it's and when we talk about binding rulings when we talk about online sources you have to be very careful because that cross could be a good way to give you guidance, but it's not going to be binding for yours. Uh, and you have to be very specific with the end use and know how to use that. So in the end, uh, let's do a quick recap here for our, our podcast. Number one, uh, make sure you understand how the, the rules of interpretation and how to apply them. Number two, you got to use the, the tariff guide because you need the end notes and the chapter notes. Very important. And number three, make sure you're using the explanatory notes. So you have to have those three publications, uh, really two publications because the general rules of interpretation are at the beginning of the harmonized tariff schedule. So you need those three things to do the proper tariff classification. My suggestion, get help. Get a professional. But know this, if, it, if they come back with a tariff number very quickly, there might be something wrong with it. And that's what we see all the time. Uh, tariff numbers are just spit out there and say, oh, we can get a tariff number a couple of minutes. Here's where it goes. There's some work that goes into it, some understanding, some research, uh, and then there's gray area. So if you have that gray area, you don't understand it, get help from a professional. And then at the end of the day, you have a saving grace you can get a binding ruling, but you don't have to do that all the time. Thank you for uh, listening today. If you have any questions or you have a follow-up questions, you have a specific product you have a question about for tariff classification, feel free to send in an email. That's Damon, D-A-M-O-N, at Welke, W-E-L-K-E-U-S-A.com. Uh, or you can give us a call at our office, area code 716-995-2900. Love to get your questions in. So we're kind of doing this because we've gotten a lot of questions in on what it really means to be an importer in the United States. So join us again next time for part three uh, in our series. Uh, so number one was uh, CBP enforcement strategy. Number two, we just finished up tariff classification. We'll be digging in a little bit deeper into other subjects. And if, again, if there's anything you have a question on, feel free to send it in. We'll get you an answer. Or if uh, it's interesting enough, we'll uh, get, you, get you on the podcast specifically. We're looking for those interviews uh, we've had some changes due to the whole pandemic, but uh, we'll bring back the guests as soon as we can. But again, thank you for listening and send in your questions. Have a wonderful day. This has been Trade Secrets, the podcast hosted by Damon Piatek, President and CEO of Welke Customs Brokers USA. Thank you for listening.